The Utah Utes are set to take on the San Diego State Aztecs at home this Saturday, but will the game turn out like it did last year, a loss for Utah, or will this Utah team come together and get a second win on their season? We're talking about on today's Locked on Utes. You are Locked on Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown Use your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. Appreciate you guys who have helped us reach over 400 subscribers as well as we continue to climb up to our goal of 500 on the before the USC game. Now, on today's show, we're going to be going over the game versus San Diego State, where Utah has the advantage in it, as well as talk a little bit about Cam Rising's play so far this season, and even talk about Junior Tafuna a little bit at the end. Utah's defensive tackle starting to get back on track and prove to be that dominant force that he is. But in order to talk about Junior and the rest of these guys, we're going to start it out with breaking out down the game, and in order to help us do that, bringing on friend of the show, Brian Brown. And Brian, this is a game, Brian Brown of Ute Zone as well, as former former host of this podcast too. But Brian, this is an interesting game taking on San Diego State because it's one Utah lost last year. It's back, you could argue it was the most significant game of their season last year as it was the, the true turning point in a way because you start with Charlie Brewer and he doesn't perform well. And then Cam comes in and leads this incredible fourth quarter comeback that ends up tying the game and goes into three overtime overtimes and then the Aztecs squeak out the win so it was an unbelievable game last year but this is not the same Aztecs Aztecs team that we saw a year ago the defensive player of the year for this team as well as for the comp for their conference is left he's in the NFL now new quarterback in there too so I mean there's a reason the line for this game um bet on we're going to talk about bet online a little bit later but the line for this game from bet online is San Diego State at Utah and San Diego State is minus 21 so it shows you how much Utah is favored in this matchup and I think Utah is pretty much going to be able there's a reason they're favored that much I think Utah is the advantage at most of the key matchups on the field yeah, well, we saw it last year in the game where once Utah had some, uh, let's say, energy at the quarterback position, they were the better football team for a quarter and a half. And I know most Utah fans are hearing that and thinking like, oh, no, Brian went to BYU last week and suddenly he's a Cougar <laughs> fan. But the the reality is, is that if you look at that scope of the game, that segment where Cam was in, Utah was dom- dominant. And football is such a brilliant sport because there are two sides and those two sides hate each other, even when they're on the same team, but they are so interdependent upon one another. And I'm talking about the offense and the defense defenses know when offenses can cook and when offenses can't, you know, I think you've seen that last night. We were talking about the Broncos, uh, Seattle game last night, mm-hmm. right? And and you know the big thing is let Russ cook. I think Seattle's defense doesn't want Geno to cook, right? Because they yeah. know that they can go out and win those games. Uh huh. And so when teams have that kind of, I, I guess, relationship and understanding about, hey, we're going to win, not turning the ball over, being able to do this, you know, and and look, like, the funny part about being in practice is is you know. One of my favorite coaches, former Utah DB Jeff Rogers, used to say all the time, he's got this like really gruff scratchy. We'd go, Eye in the sky doesn't lie. And for anybody who went to Murray High School, you probably know Coach Rogers. He's the he's the best. The man has the most he's the most physically fit human being I've ever met. 
but it's the truth. You know, when you're a team that is practicing against those guys all the time, that 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 eye, that film never lies. And they knew that the team was better off with Cam Rising being at quarterback, right? Brings the entire team, the entire unit some energy. And and you talk about the losses, but also the 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 cloud that's kind of hanging over this San Diego State program with the accusations uh, surrounding former punter Matareza. It's a lot to deal with. And, and I think, you know, it's funny. You and I do a bunch of high school games, right? And yeah. high school programs can be so up and down based on, like, if the starting quarterback breaks up with his girlfriend, right? Like, like, like little tiny stuff like yes. that. They're not that far removed from that stage when you're in college. You're just a few years away. And so these kids are playing a, with a lot going on. On top of that, night game. Rice-Eccles Stadium, you know, that's an automatic three to four points, I think, when, when Vegas is involved. And so it all makes sense, and it all correlates. And, and and the other thing, too, is that this is a Utah football team that's now a season removed from the four-game COVID stretch. This is not, you know, that team that's still trying to figure things out. And you know, while Cam Rising is still a guy that's only played in, what, 13 games as a Ute now, I think? Yeah, something um, like that. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's, you know... This is a much more mature, much better, much improved Utah football team. It is much better. They have an identity. They know who they are, and all those things are so important as well. So, I mean, we, we talked a lot. Look, Utah's going to be able to – should be able to run the ball here. I mean, if they can run the ball in Florida, they're going to be able to run it on San Diego State, who has a couple of nice pieces in the front seven, but not at the level of the, to stop this Utah team. I think through the air as well, this Utah team can have success. And remind us, this is a San Diego State team already that's – lost their first game of their season to the Arizona Wildcats. So a team Utah is going to see later in the season. And that was one where Arizona quarterback Jaden Delora, he threw for 299 yards and four touchdowns in that game. So I suspect the offense to be able to get going. They're going to be able to run it. And Cam's going to have success through the air. Defensively, I do think this team this year, and I think when you're a lot of people projecting how this San Diego State team was going to be. They looked at a guy in Braxton Burmeister who came over from Virginia Tech, and I think they thought they'd be a little bit more of a passing team, but that really hasn't been the case. Only threw for thrown for 159 yards in two games so far on the season. Not There's not a single pass catcher over 50 yards on the season. It's been very spread out. So this is a team that's continued to get it done on the ground as they have in years past. Of course, guys like Rashad Penny coming out of there, but they have 550 yards on the ground. So to me, what's nice about this game, especially for Utah's defensive line is, it's just another step up in competition. Look, obviously the Florida game was very tough last week pretty easy for them to be able to win those one-on-one matchups up front this week you get a little bit tougher you only have two returning starters on that san diego state offensive line so you have a couple guys who are still competent starters coming in there getting their reps but it's still where utah should have the edge still stopping the rush but this is what they do best is because i do think utah's secondary is going to be locked down on the back end so how do you feel like the front seven is going to perform this week well, it, that, that's Utah's bread and butter too, right? They go into every single game with number one being stop the run. And and mm-hmm. so that's what they're going to focus on. You're also going up against the San Diego State uh, program that's led by Brady Hoke. Brady Hoke's never been known for having super explosive, you know, pass-heavy, risky offenses, right? Like even the years when he was at Michigan with old uh, Shoelace himself, Denard Robinson, you know, it was a run-based offense. And so that's what he wants to do. Um, I think that's where last year San Diego State was able to get some – well, they, they – 
if we're being honest, they they got that game kind of on some fluky plays and, and, and on some gashing. But initially, the defense was very stout. I think on the flip side of it, you mentioned the Utah offense. Traditionally, Utah's done really well against three three fives, right? And as an offensive lineman, I don't know how much you went up against it, but I love that stack, right? Because that was an easy one where it's like, okay, hey, we got it down and we got a backer. All we got to do is just combo this all day. Now, where it gets confusing is the movement, right? But I think we've seen this University of Utah offensive line handle movement well. And so just to kind of bring it all together, I think – this is a team and, and, and an opponent that sets up really well for Utah. I think, like you said, I think that front seven saw improvement last week. You know, we saw that finally the appearance of Aliki Vamahi uh, off the yes. wanted poster in the post office and, and in the milk carton now on the field and, and allows Junior Tafuna to slide over to that three tech play so much better, right? And we're seeing better run fit from Mo Diabate. And these are the things that, and, and that's a big thing for Mo, right? Like he's really got a, engage up here because i think you know utah's not going to hang around and and wait for him to get with the program if he doesn't want to do the run fit and and play the scheme that he wants to do they're going to find somebody who does and and andrew mataafa has has seemed much more reliable i don't know that he's the game changer in terms of uh athleticism that mo is um but that front seven is going to get the job done it just depends on who it is that steps up and wants to do it i thought lander barton was a guy who did a much better job last week right and now it's just the new guys. We talk about them. Jonah Ellis, Connor O'Toole, those those guys on the edge. You know, I thought M- Mickey Sungutaranga did a great job. You know, had the tip on the interception for for Junior. You know, the little the the assist there. We'll we'll call it the CP three for for Junior's uh, Junior's pick. But um, sorry, Jazz fans. I <laughs> I try to go modern. I, I I never know when I'm too old to be making references. But um, yeah, this is just a long winded way of saying this is a good matchup for Utah. And, yes. and so. The, the everything about the the spread and and the other thing too is like i think this utah team still has a bad taste in their mouth right mm-hmm. and we saw last week that was a team with some heavy legs and and you could tell that the coaches gotten in them i'd heard from people like like yeah it'd been some really rough you know they'd really gotten their uh um gum chewed we'll, we'll, we'll say it that way good work choice yes <laughs> um but this is a team that, that really does has, have high expectations. I think they know they didn't play up to their expectations at Florida. And so they're, they've got something to prove. And I think we saw Cam Rising settle in. You know, we can talk about this all day. Just everything that we saw in the SUU game that leads me to think that this is going to be a much better performance. Yeah, I was – and going to Mo Diabate, I think when you're looking at a guy like Andrew Mataffa, like you said, he has a good understanding of the system. But just look at plays Mo Diabate makes. The very first defensive play for Utah, he comes, meets the pulling center in the hole, stands him up, and still makes the tackle, basically tackles both guys. Then you get the first down from the pass interference. So the second first down of the drive, he comes down and absolutely lays the wood, stops the back dead in his track. So that's the potential with a guy like Diabate and why you continue to roll with him as well. And it was also fun to see a guy like Connor O'Toole lead this team in tackles with five on last Saturday. So it's fun to see that defensive improvement. It's going to be fun to see if they continue to do it against the Aztecs this Saturday. We're going to talk about how Cameron Cam Rising is going to factor into this game and as well as how he's been in through two games this season. But first, I want to tell you guys about BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your football 
being pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening weeks of games. Guys, how great is it to have football back on all fronts and levels, Saturdays and Sundays? It's awesome just to sit on the couch, sit back, and watch everything play out. So make sure you guys head over to Bet Online to get in on some of that action and bet on some of the great slate of games coming up at the NFL and college level. And as well, you guys can head over there, bet on MLB, MMA, boxing, even golf. There's still lots of options out there for you guys to go to bet online. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online where the game starts. And Brian, I talked about it a little bit, just keeping with bet online. Um, San Diego State at Utah. Utah is obviously heavily favored in this one. I feel good about Utah in that minus 21. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I think that's a, a fair spread. You know, we, I we didn't really talk about the spread on the SUU game. Utah traditionally hasn't been good in those games, um, but 73 points, that's a lot. Uh, shout out to the Fort Douglas MPs for holding the record of, I believe it was 129 the, the, in 1905. Wow. Um, yeah, and they had spots, I think, one through four, if I'm not mistaken, but you can see why like Utah literally ran Fort Douglas out of the building and, and out of college football altogether because they couldn't handle it. Um, I, I, me getting detoured on, on historical relevance here, but uh, I, this offense is still explosive. And look, I know that Kyle Whittingham's calling out the wide receiver court. You could see it in Devon Bailey's body language. You know, he is, I don't know if frustrated is the right term, um, you know, but like the energy just wasn't there on Saturday yeah. and, I, and I don't, I don't blame him. You know, this is, this is a tough offense when you're not getting the ball and all you ha- all you can do is block. And, you know, we've seen it with Solomon Enos. He's really engaged in becoming a better blocker and trying to be a better creator for his teammates. We saw money parks really mm-hmm. you know, put his stamp on the game in the second half. And that's part of the reason why I love those kinds of games is I get to see those, those second and third stringers that you Let's talk about how great the second string offensive line was. Yes. You know what I mean? Like Zero Way Williams, huge, huge steps forward. Loved what I saw with him. You know, I think some people might have been surprised to see Tanoa Tongiai at the guard position. I'd heard a little bit about that in fall camp, you know, and 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 heard that that was a way to help him development. Same with Jaron Comp, right? You know, and, and so we finally see that Utah really is 10 deep, like mm-hmm. they've been talking about, and, and that, you know, that's always a positive development. And so you have to wonder in the back of your mind – if maybe some of those starters aren't thinking like, well, I'm going to say this, they're not thinking that way, but we talked about it. This is a team that's going to have a chip on their shoulder and, and they're going to come out and fight. And and so if the spread's 21, you know, they're probably going to try and push it to 30 or 35, you know, just because they want to get in and they want to, I, I just had this feeling JT that this team's got this kind of chip on their shoulder where they're really upset with how the narrative has come both from the coaching staff and from everybody else following that Florida game. And they want to, they want to make a presence. And, you know, I think there is something to wanting to play so hard and play so well that you can get your uh, teammates into the game. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them overcome that. I guess here's my question for you, JT over under four touchdowns for the wide receiving core for this game. I'll take the under. Okay. Okay. Would you go over? I'm not sure because I think this is this is a tough one, right? Because this is a game where you expect the run game to be really proficient, Mm -hmm. right? Like Utah is super strong up front, and you see that matchup against a three-three-five. That's a defense that's designed to stop the pass as much as anything and create chaos. You should you would think that like Tavion Thomas, Jalen Glover, Makai Bernard, Chris Curry, that four-headed monster that we're now starting to see should feed, right? 
Yes. No, 100%. Those guys should get going. And if you had said, I'll say this as well, if you had said over four touchdowns for the pass catchers, so we can group in the tight ends as well, then I'd probably go over. But it's just the receivers that holds me up there. And before we jump into Cam, I'll just say this. You were 100% right with the chip being on the shoulder. I talked with Brayden Daniels yesterday. I talked with Makai Bernard as well yesterday for practice. You can just kind of tell they're still ticked off about how things have played out. And they know that they beat a down an opponent they easily should have destroyed. And honestly, they should win handily this weekend as well. But it's just another opportunity to go out there and continue to prove that you did belong in that top 10. You are one of the best teams in the country. And it's not about what the rankings say. I think for them, it's just like they know they belong out there. So they want to show people that that's how it is. And, you know, one of the ways, places that does start is the quarterback position. And this is what has been the topic all week is the wide receivers had their lack of production so far as they were expected to be the breakout group. And, you know, Kyle Whittingham's talked about, he wants to see more separation from those guys. And that's part of it. But I also think part of the blame does go to Cam Rising. And I think Cam is a guy who I had really high expectations for him coming into the season. I thought he was going to have, a, I thought he was the one who was going to leave the Florida game with the Heisman moments. Instead it was Anthony Richardson. And I look, I think Cam still played a great game there, but you look at the biggest moments and the biggest plays of the game. Those were still made by Anthony Richardson. He had the opportunity to make one of those plays late and just couldn't make it. Cam still played a really good game because Cam is a really good quarterback, but I think in terms of taking that leap and being one of the top five quarterbacks in the country in terms of a Heisman contender, all those things, I think he has come up a little bit short, and some of that is due to accuracy. I did think we talked about the improved arm strength and all of that, and we that's just something we hadn't really seen this year. To me, it's just felt like a continuation of the quarterback we saw last year rather than a huge improvement. He, he just looks like the same guy to me, which is a really good quarterback, but just not one of the top tier top three guys in college football like I think a lot of people thought he had a chance to be because of some of that offseason hype but whether it be for locking on to reads or just missing guys or just not being on the same page I have been a little disappointed by Cam Rising yeah and it's I think some of that is on us right because he looked so good in the spring Uh and 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 he had such a phenomenal year last year but like you don't really conflate with it, like how much, how little football he's actually played. He's played in, according to the to the UtahUtes.com, it says sixteen games, 16. Uh, but it says that he's only played in, played in three games in twenty twenty two. So I'm assuming they're counting the Rose Bowl as one of those games. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, uh, anyways, uh, it doesn't matter. Um, like he's only started in, in in twelve or thirteen, right? That that, that I can count because you know, he didn't start against BYU and he didn't start against Weber State and he didn't start against San Diego State. So when you think about it, like he's got one season under his belt, and and I know that sounds like a lot to people, but this is a complex offense with Utah. Right? Yes, there's a lot of layers to it, and even when you're sitting in the booth next to Andy Ludwig, it is a different ball game, and and you you know. I showcase how hard it is to play quarterback in my film breakdown of that final play of the Florida game. You know, there are multiple pre-snap reads that you have to go mm-hmm. through. You have to make sure you're counting guys on either side of the line of scrimmage, knowing what your run audibles are, right? Especially if it's a check with me, meaning a, where you call multiple plays or multiple routes in the huddle, right? And, and so there is a lot to it. And I think what Cam is doing is he is thinking things through way too much and not being the guy that is just that instinctional instinctual i want to say gunslinger right that was what was so great about him in in san diego state he just came out not gunslinger in terms of like i'm just gonna throw it and force it in there but a gunslinger in the sense of like i know what i'm gonna do and i'm gonna go do it you know Mm -hmm. um and his his instinctual gun uh uh, decision making has always been his biggest straight strength in my opinion and you can see him he's thinking through his reads he's thinking through things too much and sometimes that comes from overcoaching 
right? Mm-hmm. Where, where sure. and we've seen it in the past with Whittingham quarterbacks where they emphasize so much not turning the ball over that guys start to hesitate and think. And when you hesitate, that gets your mechanics off. That means your, your accuracy's off it. And you know, it's not a question of protection, right? It's not a question of yeah. not knowing the scheme. It's what are we doing mentally to make sure that cam rising feels comfortable doing what he's doing. It's, it's one of the reasons why I felt like the coaching and the game plan for last week was one of the, I was at least likable that I've seen at Utah in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they, there were a lot of miscommunications. It still felt like, especially early on, it took this offense a little bit to get going in the first yeah. quarter. There were still some decisions and things like um, when Utah had that, I believe it was a chop block penalty. It was first and 25. And then you get cam right away. He's just going to the tight end. And so even on the third down one, it was just like needed to wait a little bit longer for those to develop. And he did get dropped on that play sack. So Tower Lemay, just getting a little too locked on when the guy crossed his face rather than picking up the twist. But like you said, there's just still a couple of those instances. And that's what's nice about them happening so young in the season, too, is this opportunity to learn and grow from them. It's not like Cam Rising is still – he's playing good football. I think in part of that is the expectations we set for him. He's just not playing at that level of maybe that we unfairly placed him at. Yeah, well, it's just time, you know, and you mentioned yeah. Satawa. Like, that's a guy that's been, a, a in, in in essence, a three-year starter, right? But now he's playing a new position, so you talk about it. When a guy crosses your face, it's different when you're a tackle, right? Like, when you're yes. a guard – primary like you're, you're protecting the inside so if a guy's crossing your face like it's just a different thing you go with it right because you know that the center is either going to help the other guard or he's picking up the mic right you know and, and people are like what mic like the one in front of you no the, the linebacker <laughs> yeah. right but a tackle it's much different you've got to be ready with a hand pass and things like that so there are still these little nuances that guys are working out but I think the difference is, is that this is a team that's good enough and talented enough and, and executing at a high enough level to where it's not affecting them, right? You still, like, I think everybody who watched the game on Saturday can say, like, that wasn't Utah's best effort, and they still put up 73 yeah. points, right? Yeah, no, it's 100% true that they did. And it's just because you said, like, the start, I think it was, wasn't it Josh Newman who tweeted out the 45-point the spread? Like, that seems like a lofty number right now, and then, boom, yeah. they Exploded yeah. past it. At it by halftime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just wild stuff. So it will be fun to see how Cam – and I'll ask you this before we leave off this topic. Do you think this is the week the wide receivers break out then? No. Um, and it's just – so that's the hard part about this stuff, right? It's all about matchups. And w- when I, – I love saying this, and, and credit to Stephen Godfrey who kind of opened my eyes to it. Coaches are always talking to somebody else, never to the fans in those press conferences. What Kyle Whittingham is doing is he's 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 seen the film against Florida. He's seen where his wide receivers were at against some of the most athletic defensive backs, and he's getting them ready for Pac-12 conference play because they know that every single team in this conference has seen way too much of Brant Keithy and Dalton Kincaid, and so he knows those guys need to get ready, need to get going. And yep. one of the big things with Devon Vela, you can see the athleticism, right? He's a six foot five guy who's returning punts. It's there, like he's very shifty, right? So why aren't you getting open more? Why aren't you doing more to create for yourself? Why aren't you being the the Keyshawn, give me the bleeping ball, you know, kind of receiver that everybody expects you to be? Now's the time to get into him and 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 push him mentally, right? Um, and and so I think what they'll do is is they'll they'll push those guys this week and and really ask a lot of them. Um, but I don't think it means that that's going to translate to them having an explosive game because 
the game plan is against San Diego State should be to run the ball, you know. Now, maybe you'll see them have some big explosive plays, and maybe you'll try to get Jalen Dixon on some routes and things like that. You know, it always happens that I say this, and then they go and totally flip the game plan on me. Um, but I think, you know, if you're if you're going based on the opponent, like Utah's best strength is to run the ball, you know. But you need to be ready because this nine-game slate, and we're seeing it now, Oregon State becoming a beast of a program, right? That's going to be a tough team. Washington State is much better defensively than I think anybody expected them to be. And you're going to see a variety of looks and a variety of coverages from these teams. That's what I've always loved about the Pac-12 is it's just very unique. But So you have to be ready. This is, like you said, these are the games where you have to be ready and have to get ready for that conference slate. And so I think that's the bigger push. Now, does it translate to Cam actually throwing the ball to the wide receivers? Maybe. Mm-hmm. But I still think that we're going to, you know, see 200, 300 yards on the on the ground first. Yeah, I do as well. And I think it is something where, like you said, we're going to see maybe Devon goes. I think Devon maybe will have his best game of the season this week, but it still won't be over 100 yards. Maybe it's just like 60. Maybe it's even 50. Just something like step in the right direction. Maybe we see money make a couple more plays. So we'll just see these guys do a couple more things. So we're going to come out and talk about one last thing relating to, you mentioned Utah's upcoming schedule. I think there's an interesting thing we can talk about there in a second, but first I want to tell you guys about intercap lending. There is a reason that no lender helps more families in Utah with their mortgage deals. Inter, intercap gets deals done quick and simple process intercap closes loans two weeks fa- two weeks faster than the industry average and though fast is great the ultimate goal is to create a stress-free home loan process and that is what locked on's personal loan officer steve carter has delivered to hundreds of locked on listeners including locked on's founder david Locke. and if he can help keep david on track he can help keep you guys on track as well and though intercap is new to the locked on youths podcast it's not new to helping and assisting customers mortgage needs they've been doing so since 1978 that's 40 three years of experience and steve carter's been providing locked on listeners with the best experience since 2018 intercap is headquartered here in utah but licensed to help with all your mortgage needs in 40 states so give steve a call his direct number is 385-800-8528 you will not find a more responsive loan officer once again steve's direct number 385-800-8528 nmls number is 190465. So make sure you guys head over to www.intercaplending.com or give Steve a call. So, Brian, you mentioned something really interesting with this Utah team. You're preparing for the gauntlet that is Pac-12 play. And I do think it's funny how the schedule breaks for this Utah team because you look at it and, look, San Diego – look, after the Florida game, the Florida game was, like, started up here, obviously. I mean, arguably the toughest opponent you're going to play all season. We'll see how USC looks when they come to Rice Eccles. But especially considering home opener on the road, I do think the Florida game is a tougher game than the USC game. At the moment, we'll wait and see because Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison obviously look pretty good right now. But you look at the Southern Utah game, the level of competitions here. Then you look at San Diego State. But then from there, when you start to enter Pac-12 play, then you get Arizona State, then Oregon State, then UCLA going to UCLA, and then USC. I really think it's a nice steady climb for Utah going into that game with each team just a little bit better each step of the way that could really set them up to close out the season on a strong run. Yeah, and, and it's that October stretch is a really tough stretch, as you talked about. You know, I don't think the Arizona State's going to be uh, the thorn in the side of Utah that it's been in years past. That program's just in a lot of trouble. There's no other mm-hmm. way to get around it, and I don't think Emory Jones is the answer. 
uh, for them. And, and I, you know, I think a team that's kind of in disarray, Utah can feast on those. But like you mentioned, Oregon State, one of the best teams up front. Utah struggled with them last year, especially on the defensive line. So that's a critical matchup for Utah. It's an opportunity for the defensive line to show a lot of growth too, right? There's still a lot of criticism around that group. Um, you know, I think you and I are maybe a little bit higher on what we saw in terms of our film review and, and what we saw during the game um, than maybe some other people. But like, again, that's an opportunity to show your improvement as a team. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, this is still a young defensive line, too. I, like, I have to remind myself of that. Like we got a lot of guys that have never never started before until this year. So, um, again, you know, then you've got UCLA. I, I'm not going to say that UCLA is back. Uh, but you know th- that's a team that looks like it's it's really buying into the DTR, you know, movement, and, and they they believe in DTR, and you can see that he's made some improvement. And then, you know, like Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison are going to give you a handful no matter what. And then even after that, you have Washington State, who we've seen, you know, goes on the road, wins yes. a huge game against Wisconsin, and, and and does it with defense too, right? Like that's the part where you're just like, you know, and and we still haven't seen the best of of. Uh, uh, quarterback, uh, Cameron Ward. Is it Cameron yes, Ward? from, from yeah. Washington State. Yeah, I wasn't sure yeah. if you were talking about someone else, but yes. <laughs> Listen, sometimes it's really hard to figure out what I'm thinking or talking about, <laughs> JT. So, so nobody's going to judge you there. Yeah. But again, you know, we haven't seen our best from Cameron Ward, and and by that point in October, you know, I believe it's October 27th. That could be the game of 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 the conference slate. You know, to that point, because if both of those teams, you know, are are yeah, Thursday lost, night game too. Yeah, so so there, there's a lot to look forward to in this October slate, and like you said, you really build up, you know, uh, to, to to that high level, and then you jump to Oregon in November, and it's you know, before we know it, like the season is over, and and now I'm now I'm feeling sad. <laughs> well, and we got, I mean, we're only two games in, so we got a long time and a lot of Utah football left to be played. Played, so we're in a good position there. Before we get out of here, want to give some quick love to Junior Tafuna. I thought he was outstanding on Saturday's game. I know he's a guy you're really high on as well, Brian. And you just look at that first game he had to play, just basically nose tackle a lot, play that one technique where he's the guy taking on all those double teams a lot. And he was able to shift back out to three tech where he is so disruptive and so mm-hmm. difficult to block one-on-one and I think in that Florida game he got really worn down versus against Southern Utah he had that energy and that energy is what allowed him to there was a pass interference on JT Broughton on the third offensive play of the game for Southern Utah but Tafuna was in the backfield making a hit we saw him in the backfield multiple other times and he still had Dalton Kincaid's hurdle was incredible the best play a Utah player made that day to me was Junior Tafuna's interception when you look at him took on a double team at first then the guard left worked to the second level I believe and then he's one-on-one with the center, throws the center out of the way, sees the ball in the air, sprints about seven yards, and then makes the diving interception. There's not many 300-pound guys that could make that play. And even Kyle Whittingham said he played linebacker in high school. So you can just see that elite athleticism there. But Utah's disruptive defensive force along their defensive line in Junior Zafuna is back, and I think it's good to see him hitting his stride back in his natural position. 100% have to wonder if maybe it was the haircut that did it, uh, you know, but um, whatever it was, glad to see him playing to, to, to his strength, I think. And, and really that's the hardest part about it is, is that you want to see these guys succeed where they're really good. Right. And, and I think we've seen some things from Simone Peppa who, who I've been kind of clamoring for to see the field for a while. And I, I get it. Like, you know, you have certain requirements that you want guys to meet both, you know, physically in terms of, you know, weight, height, whatever it is, you know, in order to see the field. And But some guys are just outside the mold. And I think Simote 
proved, you know, he is, he's a guy that needs to get out on that field. And he, he's a guy that needs to be out there and, and helping this defense because his size, his strength, the way that he plays, he's a game changer. And, and if nothing else, Simote can do the things that, that allows junior to be that freak out there in the three technique, you know, like who doesn't want to freak at the three technique. <laughs> Can't go wrong with a freak at three technique, just like you can't go wrong when Brian Brown joins you on the show. Huge thanks to Brian. Always a great time. Make sure you guys follow him at Twitter at Brown Bear SLC block podcast once a week as well. Coming at you guys and any other things you're working on, Brian? Who knows? I mean, I'm <laughs> going to see you on Friday night. Like yes, I, I'm always excited to get on uh, KSL rewind and do that. I hope everybody's tuning in and enjoying the broadcasts. Um, we try to make it fun and, and man, the games have been incredible. So I love, I love doing that with you on Fridays and, uh, you never know with me. I always got something going on. <laughs> always up to something. <laughs> That's what makes it fun. We'll appreciate you guys for tuning into another edition of locked on Utes. Keep it with us the rest of the week as we'll continue to break down the Utes taking on the San Diego state Aztecs at home Saturday at eight o'clock. It is going to be a fantastic night and we hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll see you tomorrow on locked on Utes.